The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. I want to start though with uh, children returning to schools across the country. So, teachers and parents uh, have been debating and discussing how to reduce uh, their worship of their phones, their smartphones. And of course, on this show, we have talked about it and talked about the fact that a number of schools have imposed bans, smartphone bans, with some of them using these pouches that the phones have to be deposited in on the way to school. Well, joining me further to discuss is Coleman Nocter, child and adolescent psychotherapist. Uh, Coleman, will banning smartphones in school solve all of our problems? Uh, hi, Karen. I'm not entirely sure um, it will, to be honest. Uh, well, I, I think it's a good idea. I think it might exist in pockets. But the first thing I'd say is, I think, as far as I'm aware, smartphones are banned in primary school anyway. I mean, in the school as that. So the issue is not about children using phones in school. It's about phone ownership, you know. And so um, with any of these things, we we require kind of parental buy-in to try and uh, make these things happen. And, and you know, I, I think that's been much more difficult than we thought. I mean, I've been on the airways for years now at this stage saying that I didn't think, you know, it's a good idea to give a primary school child a, a, a phone and many like me. Um, but all we're seeing is the numbers of ownership going up and the cyber safe kids. I mean, the, the, the stat that it was like 93% of eight to 12 year olds own a smart device. Um, and that's a, a fairly significant number of, of children researched. It's It makes for grim reading. And I just wonder, you know, uh, how do we get a hold of this? And, and again, is it about creating media literacy earlier? Or is it about trying to create bans? Is it about, you know, encouraging people to be more responsible? But what it's, what's happening is I, I just feel that we are we're kind of being led by the lowest common denominator. And this has always been the case in, in with children and technology. The first parent to break and give the fourth class, fifth class child this phone, the mm. Snapchat, the thing, it creates such pressure on everyone else to kind of follow suit. And if, if, the, the, the majority has tipped in favor that most children have phones now than don't have phones, then, you know, the reality is that that it's a really difficult battle to fight. And, and I get that from having yeah. all my own children, how, how difficult it would be to say no if everyone else has one. You know? Yeah, and we can't tell other parents what to do. I mean, if they want to give their seven or eight year old a phone, you know, you or I or their teacher or the school principal can't stop them. It's personal choice. So, I mean, is it just... Is it just accepting that we can't put the toothpaste back in the tube and let's just learn to deal with the consequences of it? Is is, is that the better approach? Yeah, and, and I say that against my better judgment, but I think, you know, the idea of ideally, you know, where do you start? We should have started six years ago and kind of, you know, cottoned onto this and, and not let this happen. But as as you see it happening and you see, like the reality is, I think most fifth class kids have phones at this stage. By sixth class, they certainly have most of them have it. And, you know, we have to prepare children for the world that they live in rather than the world that we would like them to live in, if that makes sense. And so the issue around, you know, the old you know, adage of if I was on this show five years ago, I'd be saying to you, you know, keep the PC in the corner of the sitting room and keep an eye on it. Like that day is gone. You know, the idea of being able to surveil, keep an eye, watch the stuff. I, 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 I just think it's kind of past us now. And, and I, I would uh, think we have to rethink this a little bit if and it sounds fatalistic and I, I don't mean it to be but it's it's the way you see things happening um if most children have them then we need to prepare them for how they manage them rather than prepare them for a world 
where they wouldn't have one that doesn't exist. I'm sorry, I'm not making enough. Yeah, of no, sense, but, it, but... I, I mean, the, I, despite I mean the the the, the rationality of, of what you're saying, there'd be there'd be parents listening, and um, you know they will still want to resist this, and they will think, listen, if if you know if the culture changes in one direction, then equally it can change back in the other direction, surely, and we can, you know. To, to really butcher this metaphor, we can put the toothpaste back in the tube. You know, let, 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 let's decide collectively as a nation, whether it is through the education of parents or, or some other mechanism, that we're not going to allow children below the age of 12 to have a smart device. Yeah, and I, I think that collectively as a nation is a good idea. I think pockets of schools banning them um, is not enough. I, I think, and while I agree with this as an idea, I just, I wouldn't, as you say, the opt-in element uh, makes it tricky to see how it would work. But, you know, th- th- if you come at this argument, you come at it from two sides. You come from it the point of view of we have a responsibility to children to protect them. And if that's the case, you go down the rule of bans and let's make it illegal for a child to have a phone under the age of 12. Or else you go with a, a kind of responsibility fake focused approach, which is, you know, live and let live. They can have them, but we'll use awareness and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, it's a bit of both. But, but I, I just I, I think there's there's children who are 9, 10, 11, 12 who have phones now. Do you know what I mean? Um, this isn't something we can, you know, we have to protect them as well. And there's children who, who will be growing up. And I think it's important to say in less affluent communities where parents don't are, aren't able to get together and create these kind of groups of, you know, buy in clauses to not buy phones and things mm. like that. And we have to think of all children um, and and. I worry that the that children between the age of eight and twelve are kind of been written off as the kind of lost children at this stage. Yeah. Like well, the short, the horse is bolted with them, um, and and that's where the toothpaste and tube thing comes in. Is it is it too late for them? But can we do it for the next ones? But I just think we have to do something far more serious than. Uh, and, and while I enjoy, I absolutely support the pocket endeavours. I just think it has to be much more collective uh, and universal for it to have the impact that we want it to have. And so then what is the collective approach we should take? Let's say we accept the reality then that at some age between 8 and 12, kids are going to get their hands on a smart device. Um, you know, well, because inevitably, and, and look, isn't it always the kid in the class uh, who's got older brothers and sisters mm. who will inherit a phone? That's how often it happens. And, and they're the first to go. And then the, your, your young lad or young one comes home and they say, everyone in the class has one, when of course only one or two have. But the message gets changed by the time they're, they're lobbying you. Anyway, we accept that reality. They're going to get it. There's nothing uh, like a smart device in and of itself, you know, is, is, is just a device. I mean, it's just a kind of collection of wires and... Um, and microchips in the screen. It's what they access uh, and it's the platforms they access um, and the content they access that's problematic. So then what, what is, to go back to my question, what is the universal uh, or the collective approach that we take to monitor or restrict or understand what they can access? I think the collective is, is a serious attempt. At, like, if we're going to leave children have phones at that age, and I don't believe we should, I think cognitively and, and emotionally they're maybe not able for it. But if they do have them, we have to prepare them properly. And that's a really kind of sincere campaign around media literacy, getting you know the, the companies, the software companies, to take some ownership over their responsibility for managing the content that they view. Um or you, you, you say they can't have them and, and you ban them until they're of an age. You know, it, it's the, the side of the argument is that it, whatever it has to, 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 if you're going with the 
responsibilities focused. It has to be, it has to have an impact. Um, and, and as I say, I'm on the airwaves talking about that. And maybe it's a bit of frustration on my part, Kieran. I'm telling parents this all the time. Don't buy the phone, don't buy it. They're buying them anyway. And, and, you know, the idea, when I would say to you, I probably would have come on your show and said, if your child is coming home at fourth class and saying everyone else has a phone, that's probably not true. The reality <laughs> is, if they come home now, it probably is yeah, true. Yeah, maybe. And, and the worry I have is that the phoneless child now becomes kind of socially isolated, which I would have always argued isn't the case. But I just wonder, has ownership gotten to a level now where we've tipped the balance? And there are kids like in fifth class, say if kids in fifth class are on Snapchat and they're doing their filters and they're doing all these things at night. If you're the kid who, ha- who hasn't been that and you're the only kid in the class who doesn't know what they're talking about when you go in, that is a difficult thing for you to, to manage and challenge. And I'm trying to think of it from that child's perspective. That's yeah. not to say, look, we all have to like forget our parental responsibilities. But the situation we have at the moment is getting out of hand and it's, it's becoming unwieldy. And we have to make mm. some serious attempt to come down on one side or the other. And, uh, and would a serious attempt on one side be to kind of adopt New Zealand's approach to smoking, which would be to kind of... Uh, this year say that any child under the age of six is, you know, is legally not allowed uh, access uh, or ownership of a smartphone. Next year it's seven, the year after it's eight, nine, ten, eleven, and then we stop at twelve. Possibly. I mean, again, what, what this is, Kieran, is it's a social experiment. You know, and by definition of an experiment, we don't know the outcome. So our children are the variables in this experiment. And you either take the approach of let's wait and see what happens or you kind of nip it in the bud early. You're Coleman, we're kind of doing uh, pa- pa- parenting is just it's all about just experimenting on your children, really, isn't it? I think the technology thing is different, though. We have a kind of a sense of how to do most things. Okay. Um, but but uh, like it's interesting. Like the iPhone baby, Kieran, is only fourteen. Do you know what I mean? So we haven't even seen the impact of technology on late teens yet, because yeah. you know the iPhone baby. That iPhone changed everything. So uh, these watershed moments, they're happening so quickly. The technology is evolving so quickly that as a parent, you're just desperately trying to keep up. And I, I get it. I'm a parent myself. I understand the pressure that the children and parents are under. Um, but I, I just think we have to either have a collective across the board approach to really support these children mm-hmm. or protect them, whichever way you're looking at it. Um, but and while the pockets thing is great, I just wish, wish it would be it could be more applicable across a wider scale so that we'd see that impact. Because even if you live in Greystones or Sandy Mount or wherever where that ban is happening, you might have cousins who live elsewhere and they have them. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. just um, it's tricky. Uh, and look, if this was easy, Kieran, we would have fixed it by now. Do you know? Yeah. Well, listen, you can uh, you can uh, follow. Uh, Coleman setting out his stall in more detail in the Irish Examiner today in his column. He's talking about this. So, uh, Coleman, thanks a million for joining us as always. Coleman Nocter, child and adolescent psychotherapist. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.